Hello, sustainable friends, and welcome to Let's Act, Sustainably Developing Africa and Beyond podcast. Here we will share bold and innovative solutions that will help us tackle social, economic, and environmental issues that affect sustainable development. The Let's Act podcast series will amplify voices of people from communities, businesses, academia, civil society organizations, and more who will share real experiences that will drive development for an Africa we want. My name is Tokumbo, Talks for short, Ifachiroti, and I am your host. It is time. Let's act, Africa. Hello, 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 and welcome to our podcast titled Let's Act. Today, our topic is giving back education, empowerment, and fulfillment in the diaspora and Africa. And I have a wonderful guest with me. I can't wait to share his bio and just dig deep into the questions I want to ask him. But let me introduce him to yourselves. My guest's name is Wale Songo. Wale is a seasoned accountant and a fellow of the Chartered Association of Certified Accountants. He has spent over 30 years working in different capacities within social housing in the United Kingdom. And this includes working at Circle 33 as a capital analyst and the Network Housing Group as a group financial controller. Wally also worked in a leading BAME housing association, that's A-R-H-A-G, and the leading disabled housing charity, Habintech, in the United Kingdom as head of finance in both roles. In March 2022, Wally retired from permanent roles to transition to non-executive director roles. He joined one YMCA in June 2022 in an interim capacity as head of finance. Outside of work, Wally is passionate about giving back to his community and has been instrumental in the development of vibrant old schools network called the Nigerian Schools Foundation UK, where members have raised thousands of pounds for school projects back in Africa. Wale is an alumnus of the Igobi College Yaba Old Boys Association, Ekoba Europe. Wow. Welcome, Wale. And now let's talk. How are you? I'm fine. Thank you, Tokes. Uh, thank you for the invitation and the warm welcome. I'm aware of your Let's Act series of podcasts where you're dealing with important issues as they impact upon Africa and Africans. Mm-hmm. Kudos to you and your team. Oh, thank you. That's so kind of you. Much appreciated. Now I want my listeners to hear all about the good works that you've been doing. I mean, I've read your bio, extremely impressive, but I just want to know what does giving back mean to you and why is it so important to have found yourself in this space and contributed immensely so far? Giving back means quite a lot to me. It it means committing the use of my time, my Mm. resources uh, for the benefit of my community. And that's um, primarily um, the Nigerian community based here in the UK. Mm -hmm. Uh, And with the hope as well of encouraging others to do so and why is it important to me i'll say because of three main reasons um one 
Africa and uh, Nigeria in particular has a myriad of problems. Uh, and ideally, if everyone picks a problem or two within our communities, you know, as they say, little drops of water, we can make it a better place. However, I also recognize that not everyone has the capacity to or is motivated to help. Mm -hmm. uh, my second reason is that you hinted that I was now retired. I am now on the sixth floor. I have benefited at some point from a system that worked. Mm -hmm. uh, with a good economy, good education, good health facilities, good infrastructure, etc. This foundation helped me and my generation to become who we are. And so I'm also than other de generations after us. You know, yeah. we have witnessed um, Africa uh, and Nigeria in a better place. So I think we have a responsibility. And finally, um, my late mom, God bless her soul, used to remind me that our challenges are man-made. And we resolve and focus, we can overcome them. So primarily, those are the three main reasons why I am in this space. Sounds very impressive. I think one one of the things that I, I'll hold on to what you said is you, you grew up in an environment and a society that was much better than what the society is now. You know, we're talking about Nigeria now, which for us is in the diaspora. And you mentioned also what your late mom said in terms of trying to find a way to resolve what's going on and focusing. But at the same time, being mindful that you can't do everything by yourself. And so there's a need to have a group of people to work with you to make sure that this resolve is being found and to leave your footprints or your legacy on the African continent as well as here in the United Kingdom. So what kind of people do you work with? Are there particular groups, age groups, and how have they benefited from your activities? Okay, I co-founded with somebody else, the group called the um, Nigerian Schools Foundation. You know, it's a grassroots uh, volunteer-led organization mm -hmm. uh, based here in the UK. And um, our primary focus is to support quality education for all Nigerians. And we also have a social purpose here in the UK, uh, which is to promote awareness on key issues through sports, social interaction uh, and education. So in terms of like, how do we um, engage with um, other people? How do we um, collaborate? And that's primarily because, as I said again, you know, the issues are so tremendous all over. Uh, you can't do everything. You have to really focus on an area. Mm -hmm. So what we tend to do is that um, we, we are just open to collaboration. Sometimes organizations approach us with an idea okay. uh, and I'll give you an example of um, a book drive that we, we did um, mm -hmm. which um, you are aware of because <laughs> you know um, <laughs> it, it, it was like um, a, a pet project of yours. Uh, but but anyway, on on the on the book drive, uh, we we looked at the long term proposal, the idea, the vision. Mm. Uh, we did a pilot. Um, we we made sure that we were all on the on the same page, yes. and then we we then you know um, acted upon it and then ran, ran with it. Mm -hmm. um, a recent example is with um, the rugby football union. Again, they approached us. They wanted an insight on Nigerian families and their apathy to rugby generally. Mm -hmm. uh, so they came to us uh, to try and find out whether we can help them to give um, an insight on it. And we, you know, help them to, we, we give them some insights of um, perception, the importance of family to in, in the Nigerian space, the perception as um, rugby as a dangerous sport. And another, you know, um, Sunday, for example, <laughs> that's an important day, uh, religious day for, for Nigerians generally, yes. especially from, from the Southwest. These were things that they weren't aware. We ran a pilot project with them and, mm. and gave them this, this offer. So that's another, another uh, example of um, organizations coming to us. 
Sometimes yeah. we, we seek out um, organizations uh, and I'll share a story um, during COVID. Mm-hmm. Um, there was a lot of like vaccine hesitancy within the community. You know, the pandemic was raging. There was infodemic uh, or fake news all around. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, so at that period of time, we diverted our resources to helping our community. And we decided, you know, that the best thing to assist the community was actually to be able to hear from the hostess <laughs> directly. Yes. So we approached the top guys uh, running the show from the policymaker, the prime minister, the health secretary, the vaccine minister, some top adv- advisors within the um, the JCVI that were advising the government. Yes. Uh, people delivering uh, on the project, the local authorities, we approached a few of them the NHS and so on. And we held a webinar. Uh, and a few, most of them accepted our invitation apart from the then Prime Minister and the Health Secretary. You mm. know, so, so we had um, the Vaccine Minister, Nandim Zahari, uh, and Professor Jeremy Brown, and um, a local authority CEO uh, come down for, for a webinar. You know, and that really helped uh, the community understand what was happening mm-hmm. regarding um, um, COVID. And so they were kind of like informed yes. in making their choices. We weren't trying to steer the community one way or the other, but we wanted them to have all the information at their fingertips and be able to um, challenge or question those that were running the show, so to speak. Yeah. Um, and then, and finally, you know, um, we need we need to be sustainable. We sometimes approach corporate entities for funding as well to, to help yeah. us. Uh, so I'll just conclude by saying that um, if our objectives align, uh, we'll work with any entity so that it's a win-win for both parties. The level of engagement that you have with your stakeholders is is quite deep, and then your stakeholders seem to be you know quite varied, which again is, is very interesting because I mean when you mentioned the, the COVID nineteen, there was a lot of hesitancy as as you quite rightly pointed out, but enabling them to make informed decisions because they have the information to hand. It's kudos to yourselves. So, so that that's a good one. I think the other thing I'd like to pick up on, on what you've said is how you engage with other NGOs, charity organizations, businesses, not only to create awareness, but to develop certain programs that you think will be beneficial, not only to the people here in the United Kingdom, but also in the diaspora. And what springs to my mind is um, some Commonwealth activities that you've done uh, as a group. Could you shed some more light on those activities? On the Commonwealth Society, there are two areas in which um, we've worked with them. One here, we've taken our youths, which the Commonwealth has this service at the Westminster Abbey in March of every year. And mm-hmm. they always have the dignitaries there. We, so because of the work we do with them, we, we sometimes get an invite and send delegates across there. Okay. Uh, and, our, and our students, the younger ones, they're always so um, pleased and happy to be able to mix with all the dignitaries, you know, the royalties, uh, the queen, the prime minister, everybody's always in situ. So that was always like a good one. That's just to motivate our youths to say, look, you know, you can be in, in the same presence with, with all these people. And then on, on the most important one, an essay competition is the mm-hmm. oldest essay competition um, in the in the world. It used to be called the Queen's Essay Competition. I don't know what it's going to be called now going forward. Maybe the Kings. Um, because <laughs> maybe it'll be called, called the Kings. So what we're doing there is it's like a literacy campaign down in Nigeria uh, yeah. to try and help the students back in Nigeria to take part in this international uh, competition. We facilitate that. You know, we mm-hmm. do, do like a, a workshop series uh, mm-hmm. for the students to help them uh, with the competition. And then we also coordinate the entries that's, that's going through. Over the years since we've been involved in it, and 50% of our students that have taken part, they've, they've had awards, um, you know, gold, bronze, silver, and, and so on. Yeah, and th- that really, you know, boosts 
um, their confidence, mm-hmm. um, especially on the on you know literacy front. So that's really helped, uh, and we continue to do that. Uh, you know, working with the Commonwealth uh, to achieve that. That's great. So, do you have um, students both from the United Kingdom that are of African descent and also? in Nigeria or what group of people can take part? It's actually open to, to both. Predominantly, it's, all, it's always the Nigerian students. NSF is made up of 50 plus uh, member alumni associations of Nigerian origin. You okay. know, So what we do is that with our network, we work with the schools um, in Nigeria to submit entries. And they're always so, so excited in, in, doing, in doing so as well. Mm. Uh, you know, so yeah, we, but we, it's open to both. We, we've had, when we started off initially, it was based on the UK. We had a smaller entry, but then we've expanded it to um, those in Nigeria as well that we work mm, with. Fantastic. Great news. You're doing quite a lot um steering the ship. What kind of challenges have you faced and how have you overcome them? We, we've, we've faced um, a few few challenges. We've been in existence for a decade. Uh, wow. So for us to <laughs> survive, <laughs> survive this far, you know how... It is when you set up an organization, you always have your, you know, your initial challenge. Um, the, the biggest one is always the, the funding issue being mm. sustainable and viable uh, and continue to be. So we rely heavily uh, on the goodwill of the community. And as you know, most community organizations struggle. Um, also the Nigerian ones um, competing for scarce resources mm. uh, so we get by with um, direct appeal to our community uh, we, or we've gotten by in the, in the in the last decade we are grassroots led uh, and we're proud as well to have mm-hmm. a lot of like um, volunteers donating their time their resources their effort and then we also have um, corporate uh, sponsors as well but yeah so that has been uh, a big challenge for us um, and for the future we, we are planning to be more purposeful and to continue to be resourceful to, to survive. Uh, so that's one one challenge. Another challenge is our membership base. You know, I said to you, we are made up of like um, 50 plus uh, schools originating from Nigeria, alumni originating from, from Nigeria. Yes. Uh, Nigeria is divided broadly into six geopolitical zones. We're roughly in about five at the mm-hmm. moment and predominantly in the in the southwest. So one area for us is com- convincing fellow Nigerians to join uh, the organization. Mm-hmm. You, you're, you're aware Nigeria is a very diverse country, 500 plus languages 250 mm-hmm. ethnic grouping so completely heterogeneous yes. uh, one of the most diverse country on, on, on that so what we've tried to do is to just focus on what unites us together and uh, education is it's one of those powerful tools that really brings us together and we've kind of like tried to not be in the space of things that divide us and things like politics religion Mm-hmm. completely we don't we don't do that and then we we started in 2012 as i said a decade ago uh, as an olympic legacy actually so we okay. focus uh, as well on the ideals of olympics so, you know mm. of bringing you know community together respecting each other and so on those are the um the two main areas that um you know we've, we've had challenges on on the funding and also expanding our membership base but being in existence for now over a decade just shows the resilience that you have as well as the other team members you know that that make up the core team and then all the other volunteers I have been privy to attend some of the fundraising activities you, you carry out every year um I see families there there's sports there there's food how have you been able to successfully manage those fundraising activities we, we work as a team we have been uh, fortunate that the community has really you know donated their time their resources mm. focused on things that um, unite us uh, yeah. which is the education space especially when you are outside the country there are different dynamics that also forces you to want to congregate together as a group 
mm-hmm. uh, because that's how you will be um, recognized to make a uh, meaningful impact. I gave the example of um, approaching, you know, uh, as an entity, being able to approach UK government. We also want to like position ourselves as the go-to organization on Nigerian community matters generally. Mm-hmm. Uh, so those are some of the things that has really helped us and shaped us, uh, yeah. shaped our com- community, yeah. And, and seeing people being interested in what we do. I think one thing that I can also say and add on to that, have been one of our biggest donors, you know, for, for the NGO that I manage as well, is that team spirit. So, you know, for, for us, we, we always come knocking at your, your door when we need um, books to, you know, to send off to Nigeria and then to donate to schools, you know, setting up reading clubs and, and libraries for them and use this platform to say thanks to, to you and <laughs> NSF UK for I, making And also... That- Happen, yeah, and also thanks to our donors as well. That particular example, yeah. uh, I can just share with you a bit of a background. Uh, okay. So far, we've collected and donated about seven thousand books. Mm. Uh, you know, it to I mean, you've helped us deliver that to across six geopolitical zones in in Nigeria. Mm. Um, delivering that those product of books um, involves the community you know from those that are that, that donate the books obviously you know it, it we open it up everybody donates in the community people that collect it people that store it we all the logistics processes and so on mm-hmm. the shippers that actually ship it to nigeria and then mm-hmm. transport it and give it to you everything is done free of charge door to door you know and that shows you um you know what i was saying that about the community spirit and the community coming together and working as a team to try and solve a problem mm-hmm. you know uh, and i can give you several so that's just one project and there's other projects uh, mm. across like that. When we have sports day before COVID, we used to have about 2,000 um, people uh, attend, um, you know, a sports centre uh, somewhere in northwest London. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a stadium, you know, and in, in that forum, um, it's it's more like a Nigerian day. People come and just embrace and enjoy themselves. We also have an entertainment evening where we allow the youths to showcase their talent and so mm-hmm. on. We The businesses that want to um, approach Nigerians also have um, the corporate stands mm-hmm. and so on. So it's like a, a, a good um, community day entirely. Those are some of uh, quick examples that I, <laughs> I, I, can, I can give you. <laughs> No, but that's that's amazing for me because the, the books that you know we get from yourselves and that we donate goes. I remember there's a time we went to a school in uh, Borno, Meduguri, and you know the kids were like, "God, when 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 are you coming back again with more books?" Mm-hmm. You know, and for us, it just puts a smile on our face to know that we still have kids out there all across the six geopolitical zones that we have been to. We still have kids who are longing and wanting to read which ties in with the Sustainable Development Goal 4. You know, that's about quality education. There's a school that we went to in Benin, and the head teacher was just literally about to shed some tears. And, you know, a gentleman, he he was going to retire that week that we got there. And he said, we are the first people to have ever thought about wanting to set up a reading club and a library in his school. And he's so happy that this is happening before he retires. It just goes to show that whilst you're here in the United Kingdom, you don't know how grateful people are for what you do. And kudos to yourselves to just keep this running, no matter what challenges 
challenges you face, just knowing fully well that even if you can just get to one school and give them books, you know that you've empowered them, not just them, but other generations to come that will go past the classrooms of that school. So so well done. And thanks. Oh, for- thank you. Thank you very much for that feedback. Um, the team will be glad to hear that. Uh, oh. You know, so it's always good to get this, this feedback. Oh, thank yeah. Thank you very much. No. <laughs> Yeah, you're welcome. We we also did some donations over the last three weeks or so in Lagos, and the, the weather is awful. It's just been raining like every day. But our volunteers have managed to just go through thick and thin to make sure that books are taken to school. So we'll be sharing that information with you as well, you know, updates and feedback with you. Uh, yeah, that's fantastic. That'll be great to see. Great. So we talked about, you know, the sustainable development and what you're doing to try to make sure that we in the diaspora and, and Nigerians and people as well across the African continent are aware about the importance of education and how we need to leave that legacy of a good quality education, not just any kind of education. But are there any lessons that you have learned along the way? Yeah, if we are able to change things, it would be uh, ample time to, to be devoted to harness our natural resources, our human capital, hmm. uh, to find a way of creating institutions and, and ring-fencing uh, education funding. Hmm. Uh, what, what we have, or what we know is that uh, most African countries are resource challenge so when it comes to priorities between investing in immediate needs you know so like the health uh, other social needs as well yeah. uh, where the payback for the decision makers the politicians is, is naturally in winning elections you know so mm. they tend to avoid you know the long term longer term investment on education meanwhile it's quite important to to invest in education talents are evenly spread across the world and you need to 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 harness them Mm-hmm. It's always sad when we see that, um, you know, our, our own rocket scientists, our Nobel Prize winners on on science, on technology breakthroughs are, are begging or roaming the streets of Nigeria. Mm-hmm. The, the Western world here, they find a way of harnessing not only all their talents, but they also push ours, you know, and this also regresses our growth. So for us, uh, it would be to do our best um, to leverage on influencing policymakers, you know, to try and have a seat where the decisions are being made yes. and to try and prioritize this allocation of resources. It's, it's difficult. It's an investment, uh, but it's just got to be done. And we'll also continue to do putting our widow's might into the education <laughs> system, you know, mm. leveraging everything that we do now. But on, on the bigger uh, macro level, it's it's more to try and get um you know the countries to focus more to prioritize education, mm-hmm. uh, which is actually like a long term investment. But you know the return could be great if it's done. I guess one of the impacts of what we're seeing now is a lot of the African youth in Nigeria really leaving Nigeria and going elsewhere to see where they can harness the the, the skills that they have. There are quite a number of Nigerians who are just making ways wherever they go and are taking all their experience with them, especially in the science, technology, engineering, and mathematics space. I think one of the things your, your group could do as well is f- find out where they are and see how we can still work with them in the diaspora here. They have this... They, they have the responsibility, yeah. I, I can even give you um, a, 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 an example that's where we, we've done that or are doing that. There's this um, school back on the, on the continent in Ghana called African Science Academy for the gifted students, girls yes. uh, in, in, in STEM subject. We actually enabled um, a very gifted student uh, from a school, one of our member schools in Nigeria, 
to attend us, uh, our A levels on, on full scholarship there. And she's now studying architecture in the UK. And yes. she's, been, she's been involved in NSF activities. So that's just mm. shows you, you know, what you were just talking about that. Yeah, mm. a real life example of, you know, what we're trying to do and one of the areas that we're, we're working on. Uh, we're aware mm. that, um, you know, if we all leave our problems behind, someone's got to solve them. Yes. You know, yeah. And uh, it's our responsibility to go back and try and do make it happen. Oh, well done. Yes. I, I visited that school in Ghana and the young girls are amazing. They're like focused. They know what it is that they want to do. The teachers are focused as well. And, you know, when you see schools like that and you see the, the output, it just gives you some encouragement that, yes, at least we're doing something. And so for your team, you know, it's another feather in your cap. So, so well done for, for that. Well, thank you very much. Um, she hadn't had that opportunity. She would just have been at home and, um, you know, her talent would have just been wasted. So mm-hmm. it was um, good to see that happen. Yeah. Change her life. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And it's a ripple effect because mm-hmm. she would also do that. You know, she would either pay forward or back, you know, mo- moving on because she knows the benefit that she's gotten from you guys being a conduit to making that happen for her. So that's really good. Wow. You, you, you're really busy. <laughs> <laughs> but how do you unwind what do you spend your you know spare time doing if you have any at all i enjoy traveling where i can i'm also into football as well okay. <laughs> so i try and you know um watch um, a few games when i can as well and uh, i try and do some reading oh that's uh, good stuff well. no it, it's, it's always nice to to know that um we have the likes of yourselves out there you know just trying to make that difference in the lives of as many people that you can in any way and the thing is that you do these things and you think people are not watching or people are not you know, not taking notice of what you're doing, but they are. And like I said, we've benefited massively from from the books that you know you and and the team have made available to us. And we are making inroads with them. We are setting up libraries, and we are getting good feedback and people wanting more. So we look forward to still working with yourselves. And I know that other stakeholders that you have that you work with are also probably in the same position as ourselves too so i'd like to say thank you so much for for all that you do and uh, let's just keep it moving as it goes <laughs> thank you very much thank you for inviting me uh it was an honor to be invited here to share our story uh, and please keep up the good work too oh thank you thank you thank you so don't be a stranger and um yes let's keep it moving <laughs> so thank before you. we sign up do you have any last words that you want to say oh no, only to say that um you know as i said earlier on you know there are lots of problems in in, in the in the world in the community if everyone takes one <laughs> you know uh, the one that they're interested in the world would be uh, a better place so yeah that's that's what i have to say Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much, Wallace, all for taking time out to be on our podcast. Have a lovely rest of the day and do take care of yourself. Thank you. you. Thank you. All right. Bye bye. Thank you, Sustainable Friends, for tuning into today's episode. And we hope you feel empowered and ready to develop economic, environmental and social solutions that will bring about positive change in your communities for a better Africa and beyond. By the way, 
You don't have to wait until the next episode to chat with me. Check us out on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at Let's Act Africa and tell me one thing this episode has convinced you to start doing. Also, if you found this episode insightful, please make sure you leave a rating, subscribe to our show, and share with others who you think can implement solutions in Africa and beyond. Remember, we're all in this together. Until next time, let's act Africa.